Hello and welcome back to the Absolute Football Podcast. You're with your hosts Louis Perrin and Tom Davis. Back again. Back at it again. Much quicker, much quicker than than the last episode. The last episode went out very late, which means that you've probably had about four days in between the last episode and this episode. Yeah, if that. Uh, and the last episode was two hours long. So if you hadn't had enough of us by now, you definitely will after this one as well. <laughs> we got into we got into a bit of a rant last time, didn't we? Yeah, well, I think it was justified, to be honest. Um, I agree. And I'll, I agree. I'll be honest. I, I after this weekend, again as a Chelsea fan, uh, there's a good chance that there's going to be some more ranting. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think not just the being a Chelsea fan. I think being a football fan in general, which uh, should give a bit of a highlight as to what not a highlight a. Um, clue as to what my uh, my stinker of the week is but anyway we'll get on to that in a bit yeah. speaking of highlights which was an accidental mess up but yeah we'll leave that in as a nice transition uh, what was your highlight of the week um mine's a, a little bit different this week um it's, is it not uh, everton Are you sure start, it's not everton for a start it's not everton no <laughs> um it's just football in general as in like the premier league it's got absolutely that- mad Mine is the Premier League. Yeah, yeah it's ridiculous. <laughs> I think it's mainly because we're we're in a fancy football league um, that <laughs> you realise that all the top players aren't doing what they should be doing. Like, why is why is Son going off half time getting injured? Uh, Raul Jimenez scoring an own goal last night. Um, I've just got the I've got the results up in front of me now. Looking through it, that Chelsea West Brom game, which we'll go into later. Man City mm. losing 5-2 at home. First time Guardiola's ever conceded five. And if anybody dares tell me they thought West Ham would beat Wolves 4-0, they're, that's just, they're just lying for a start. 97th minute equalisers. We've got Brighton getting robbed, hitting the woodwork the most times in Premier League history. I mean, Tottenham getting robbed. Yeah, the, yeah. the eight games that we've had so far, what, 86th minute winner from Leeds. Um penalty decisions which I know is you're definitely going to get involved in but I think that's <laughs> possibly the best first eight games in a game week and god knows how long it was just ridiculous every word, game just something else word for word else. word for word my highlight says Premier League in general three games in what a season yeah. feels special anyone can beat anyone now I don't know if you remember but in the second episode I said there's something about this season that just has a feeling to it yeah. It just has a feeling to it. I don't know what it is, but it feels like it's going to be special. And it hasn't let that down so far. It, there's just, I've never seen anything like it. I am so happy the football is back this season. I don't think I've been this excited for a season. I don't know if it's the podcast. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because we're talking about it more. I just think I've never been this gripped by a season in so long. <laughs> Usually because Arsenal are out of the Champions League race by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> three three games in. But I've never been this gripped by a season in the last five five, six, seven seasons, maybe? Yeah, and I, I came into it with full of hope and assuming Chelsea were going to do some good things. It was, it was always a caveat of us not maybe gelling well, which I think a lot of people were going to... It's always going to be expected. But um, it's just ridiculous. Every game. And I mean, Brighton didn't only deserve to win. They deserved to win by a country mile against United. They oh, they were brilliant. Them yeah, they were the brilliant. Park. Um, yeah. It was like, It wasn't close. Um, same with Same with Leicester. I know they played them on the break a bit, but they 
just they shouted them. But I, 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 tactical masterclass. I mean, there's two things with that. So the Brighton one, I, I felt really sorry for them. I, I thought they were fantastic, and yeah, I thought Ollie really got away with it. I, I, I mean, I'll get onto it later, and you know I will, right? Yeah, but I'm, exactly I'm, there's a few to. things I'm not happy about that, right? But um, what I would say is that very, very valid point, and Bruno Fernandez said it in his uh, post-match interview. Um, where they said, look, you know, Brighton hit the woodwork five times in the game. And he said the job of football is not to hit the woodwork. Yeah. The job of football is to score penalties. No, he didn't say that. He said the job of football <laughs> is, to, is to score goals, right? He said you've got to hit the back of the net. It's not about hitting the post or the crossbar, which is valid, right? But in terms of general play, I thought Brighton, if you looked at them, they looked like a far better coach team than United, which, yeah. you know, we said it in our last episode, is, is not surprising now. No. Um, most managers in the Premier League are a better manager than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. So, yeah, there we are. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, what was the, the second one? You, you said Man City. Uh, City, Leicester, And Rodri yeah. was, yeah, Rodri was yeah, complaining, was saying, well, you know, Leicester came. But, but, I mean, I'm sorry, that's a style of football. One, you're allowed to play. And two, they didn't. All right, that's nonsense. They didn't park, you know, t- 10 men behind the ball and then hit them on the break whenever. That's not, it was much more of a footballing display than people are trying to make out that it was. Leicester played them off the park. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, and Mendy um, came out after the game as well, I think it was for French TV, saying that our, um, as Man City, we need to now, we need to learn how to play against teams who do this to us because it happens too often. I was then thinking about it, that you're four years in, Guardiola's been there for four <laughs> years, and once this, what's his name, um, is it Diaz, Garcia, something like that from Benfica, they're about to sign. Um, then you oh, uh, Ruben Diaz. Yeah. Ruben Diaz, yeah. Um, after that, they've spent four hundred million since Guardiola arrived on defenders. Four hundred million on, on just centre, defenders. On um, defenders, defenders, just yeah. defenders, just defenders. Nothing else. Four hundred mil in four years. A hundred million a season on defenders, and they conceded five at home. That's incredible. I mean, it's incredible. And look, they they've got injuries. We know that. Um, yeah, but if you've got you four hundred million, you need you can have backups. You've got to have backups of four hundred million. I know they've okay. They haven't got no, all those players now, um, but still, there's there's a lot of talent there. You've got to be keeping. A, I mean, they took Fernandinho off after. They took Fernandinho off after fifty minutes when they were. I think it was one nil. I was like, oh, they're going to try and change something, but that, so that's got to go down to Guardiola. It's it's just it was shocking. I think I think that's the thing. I think it has got to go down to Guardiola. And the one thing I would say is that a lot I've seen a lot of memes saying that you know he's probably missing Arteta and all of this sort of stuff. Yeah. The one thing I would say about Arteta at Arsenal is that yes, he tries to play attacking football. Equally notices that we're not good enough to go out and dominate most teams. Okay, as a squad, we don't have the talent. Uh, so he does play winning football, which is that. If, but it's all got an identity. It's not like Unai Emery where he's going, you know, being a, be pragmatic on the pitch and change your approach as you need to. It is that, but it's actually that with a direction. So all yeah. the players are in it together. They know the message clearly. When they have to sit in, they all sit in. They know their roles. They know what they're doing. It's so well coached. The thing about Guardiola is that he wants to, uh, and it was the frustrating thing with Wenger at times, is that he always wants to go for the extra goal. You know, you're 1-0 up in the 92nd minute and rather than you're in the corner, just hold the ball. It was no play, attack, go and try and score another goal. Yeah. And then you'd lose the ball, they'd nick it, they got the other end and equalise. And you'd go, or, you know, you'd lose or whatever. And it's like Guardiola wants to win by just constantly attacking. Now, it does prove successful most of the time. But you've got to have that, I don't know, flexibility in your approach to say, OK, we're doing well here. We're 1-0 up. Now let's just, we're against a fantastic counter-attacking team. We don't need to score anymore. Yeah. We don't need to. We're up 1-0 up in the game. Let's now pick our moments and counter-attack them. 
because yeah. Leicester are not good at defending a counter attack. Yeah, Simple it's, as. it's. I think it's the the episode that never went went out where we got pretty heated about Mourinho and Pep. Is that and it was more about the Leon stuff with the Champions League that he's trying to uh, sort of out over manage himself to try and get headlines almost. I don't, I don't get it. Like you've, I just can't see what they they don't, they don't have a plan B, obviously, um, and he's obviously not very good at signing defenders because he keeps he's picking these attacking defenders. He's not picking defenders who can defend. Even Nathan Ake is a, he's a he's a bit of a ball playing centre half. Realistically, he's gonna he, and he's gonna score a few from corners. They don't really, they haven't got which I was screaming out for last season for Chelsea to just buy a defender. I don't care how good they are at the back in terms of passing. Just buy somebody who can defend. I don't want anything else. Mm. As for Equator, he's not the best going forward, but he's a great defender. Has been for Fantastic the last defender, decade, one on one. It's why why teams are going so far away from having defenders just defend. It's their first job. You, it's this. It's just ridiculous. You wouldn't sign. A Honestly, you're you're every single Arsenal fan. You're every single Arsenal fan for the last ten years. Yeah, I just don't get <laughs> because it. Because all Wenger tried to do was just buy ball playing centre backs. Yeah, just buy someone though. who can bloody defend. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I know. I know. So, but yeah, um, it's rather than flipping it on, yeah, just it's crazy season, crazy season, and team teams now might start leaving their managers at home on Zoom to manage their teams. <laughs> <after David-wise. laughs> well, funny enough, actually, the two things that we've spoken about then, so. Uh, in terms of star of the week, uh, I didn't have to look any further than than Jamie Vardy uh, for mine. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I don't know what you've gone with. But yeah, I got exactly something different. But no, no, um, we've oh, been pretty boring this week. Not exactly so. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair though, my honourable mention was West Ham. Um. And yeah, I don't know how much of that was down to David Moyes not being there, but. Uh, and funny enough, in the last episode, we were only talking about how much we rate uh, Bowen as a player. Um, yep. And he scored two really good goals. Uh, but the whole team just looked very well. I don't know if it was the shackles were off. I don't know if it was that they actually preferred Moyes not being there. I don't know if it was a message from them to say, let us just go out and play. But they looked a completely different side. It was almost yeah, it, doesn't a, make any know, sense. it wasn't a David Moyes side. No, no, not at all. It's not the first uh, time it's happened, though, in, in football history. What do you mean? Like the managers are sort of stadium ban or... You know, get left at home, or they're not well, or whatever. Then I think the team there's been goes a couple performs better than they have in months. Yeah, yeah, I know there's been a couple. Where they've done it over the phone almost, where somebody's rang up and said, "Ah, oh, make these transfers." When they've been watching the football, but uh, I'm just look, trying to look at the team now and see if there's anything different. But there, there isn't really. When you look at it, it's they. No. Have you have so... you actually heard of the story of um of Jose Mourinho when he was at Porto? And because uh, he had that much of an influence, particularly on that team, that was a young, fresh. Uh, hungry, yeah. enthusiastic Jose Mourinho. He had that much of an influence on a team that when he was uh, he was banned from the stadium, uh, and they actually the laundry the kit man snuck him uh, in under like all the players' kits and towels at halftime in like a laundry basket and wheeled him in to the dressing room so he could get out and give a team talk and then get back in and got wheeled off. <laughs> Incredible. Awesome. Love that. Um, but yeah, I, Jamie Vardy, I think has to be everyone's highlight because I was looking at his stats and you, everyone talks about the best strikers who ever played the Premier League and it is always the same names who come up. He got to, I think stats where he got to 100 goals, 40 or 50 games quicker than Drogba. He's now 33. By this point, 
Henri was playing for New York Red Bulls. I don't know what he didn't play his first mm-hmm. Premier League game until he was what twenty six, twenty seven, and it's just relentless. Yeah, it's funny enough actually. It's it's like it's like we've done the same uh, prep for this because <laughs> I've got the exact same stats in front of me. He didn't play in the Premier League until he was twenty seven. Twenty seven, and he scored it. Well, now what's he on now? So it was a hundred goals last year. He was on ninety nine for a while, wasn't he? So one hundred and seven. He's like a, he's on he's on one hundred and eight. Yeah, one hundred and eight. He's the twenty fourth top uh, Premier League top scorer of all time. Yeah, and you. You can't seem not doing another 15, 20 goals a season. The way they started, you, no. there's no reason he wouldn't. Okay, I know he's scoring penalties, but was it his second? The little flick? Oh. Oh, god. my god. It was like, um, it reminded me of the goal against Germany yeah. for England. And, but, and you look at his highlight reel, really. he's incredible. like that goal against Liverpool he scored the season they won the league from like, on the right on the right wing, hits, hits that volley. And it's like just mm. so many good goals. Imagine. Everyone talks about Kane and is he going to be Alan Shearer's record? Surely, Jamie Vardy would have, would have if he'd have been. Oh, there if he'd have played his whole career, mm. yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, how can you be the twenty fourth top scorer in the Premier League of all time when you didn't play your first game until you're twenty seven? He's thirty four in January. Bear in mind, bear in mind that first season. I'm never going to forget it. I'd text you when the England squad got announced and he'd scored five goals that season. And I was fuming. I couldn't. <laughs> <And> we, <laughs> I, I couldn't have been angrier that they picked him. I was like, "What a joke!" He's come up with it because it was the first season of the Premier League as well. He scored five goals, and I was like, "How is he in the England squad?" It's an absolute joke. Charlie Austin's the and best I remember when he got subbed. Yes, yeah, I was just about to say when we got when he got subbed on against I think it was Scotland. We both texted each other, going, "How on earth is he coming on?" And Charlie Austin's still on the bench. <laughs> Shows where we are managing England, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, but yeah, so it's yeah. He's just he's just gold, isn't he? Premier League gold. He's got a good out. Do you know what he has a... as well? He has the a talent that I've never seen before, which is that he might be the best player at winning penalties I've ever seen in my life, and getting away with it consistently. He actually has an art form at how he does it. He yeah. wins penalties, makes them look so realistic. He knows the contact's coming, and a lot of players know the contact's coming, go down theatrically. He goes down theatrically, but Makes it legitimately. Natural. Yeah. It, yeah. The naturally. second one looks soft. And I, I, I think the first one looks soft, yeah. to be honest with you. But none of the players complained no. because they, the defenders know they make contact. The referees know they've made contact. Vardy knows they've made contact. They, he, the way he does it, I've never seen anything quite like it. I've seen players be geniuses with how they finish like Messi you know brought in the whole sort of chip shot and even chipping it over the keeper and then hitting it again before it goes in the net yeah you know that that sort of thing that you go god that's unique I've never seen that before Vardy almost has that with the way he wins penalties I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it before I've seen players be good at drawing contact Greenish, yeah. Hazard, Hazard yeah. in the box not and in terms of timing that run to get on the wrong side of the defender he does it at just the right moment they go for the ball every he's just, single he's, time because he's so quick it's you. They, yeah, but there's loads of players who are quick. He's that f- weird quick though. He, he it's not. So like, I don't think the acceleration he has over a first five to ten yards is like nothing. I don't think the Premier like Premier League has seen when they've got end quality end pro, end product as well. So he's getting in front of players, knowing where he needs to be, and getting there that half a yard before everybody else, so that before players have time to react, he's read the game to get there already. It's brilliant brilliant intelligence and he's quick enough to actually mm. get there so he's 
over, he's already out thinking the defenders, and then he's got the pace to get them before they even know what they're doing. So they've turned around, and he's there, and he's already kicked them. It's just, he's it, it's just the, fantastic. It's the football brain thing for me. It's yeah. the it's the understanding of the game. That's what's that's what I've never seen before. Pace like that. Players usually have pace like that, and that gets them by. Mm. Or they have pace but like that, and they focus on then their dribbling and things like that. I've never seen anyone focus on the art form. And I don't know if he does, but it, he must do. Or he's he's just got an incredible natural understanding for the game because that art form I've never seen it. I don't. I can't think of another player in the Premier League who was that good at winning penalties. Didn't he win thirteen pre- uh, penalties in the one season they won the league? Did he thirteen in one season? I'm pretty that's sure that's what it was. Correct me. That's I, a great I mean, step. people can correct me if I'm wrong. But I, it might have been Leicester as a whole. I don't know if he won them all. Yeah. Um, but he won a lot of them. I mean, because yeah, if you're done. saying about, let's say it's 13, uh, let's go nine then. Even then, winning nine penalties, nine to 10 penalties in one season. He's already won. I mean, he's he won, won two he, in this one. He, yeah, he, he won, won two, didn't he? Yeah. He won two against West Brom, didn't he? Uh, so he's I don't think he won both. This season, season, is yeah. He? yeah, he might have done actually. I know definitely but, three. May have been four. So he's got three this season. We've played three games. <laughs> Yeah, the man is play. the man is in, he's he's a master of it. I've never seen anything like it ever. Yeah, to be fair, I'll give you that one. But he's, he, yeah, <laughs> overall, I think we're both both on on par with that one. I think we might now as as a stinker of the week, we might have something different. I can already oh, really? guess. What, okay. I, I, I I'm almost certain I know what yours is going to be. Um, so yeah, you go ahead then see if I'm right. Well, okay. I mean, luckily, actually, I don't, I don't think there was anything in the Man City or or Leicester, sorry, Man City Leicester game that was that controversial. Um, but I said it last week in the episode, in the podcast yep. episode. I said VAR was my stinker, and I said it's not going to be the only time that that's the stinker this season. Uh, the week before that, I said about the handball rule, how confusing is that? I think I also said it last week because we actually got the football out and started yeah, putting yeah. it on our body and seeing where it would be. Um, and I said that would be an issue this season. You know, a week on, two weeks on. They all combine and it's an absolute nightmare. Uh, just the, the three incidents that really sort of got it for me, to be to be honest. Yeah, which are the, which the, are the three? The Palace-Everton game. So the Palace-Everton game, I don't know if you saw it, yeah. um, being the massive Everton fan that you are now. Yeah, I, did, I actually um, did watch that Joel game. I watched it. <laughs> yeah. With your Everton, with your Everton hat on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought, see, I thought t-shirt. But weirdly, I thought, that one, I thought that one was a pen. So I thought that was a pen. I must, well, I'm... The, I'm I mean, the Joel Ward one. Only the second person I've heard say it. It was me and one other analyst. I thought I, I if I, I was thinking if I was an Everton fan, I'd be annoyed if that wasn't a pen. This whole rule, and Roy Hodgson said it perfectly, right? And he and I know you're then going to get into the whole sort of issues of it and and the uh, differentiations you can look at it with. But handball has got to be an intentional, deliberate movement of the hand towards the ball to gain an advantage over your opponent. It can't be when the ball hits your hand in the area. It can't be that. They're there. Your hands are there. You're in a physical sport. Use your hands for everything. Grappling, jumping, getting height, leverage, getting space, strength, everything. You you can't not use them. They're just there. So if the ball is headed down to Joel, and Joel Ward was literally, he had his hand by his side. I know it was out. I mean, it wasn't out far. I'm not going to say it was out here. It was, it was close to him, but it was, it was his hand was sticking out a little bit. And it hit his arm, his forearm, I think it hit. Yeah. Now, it just hit him. It hit him coming down from a header. Yeah, he didn't gain sh- any advantage. There was no one going on behind him that was going to go and finish that in. He didn't move his hand towards the ball. It just hit him. Yeah, but I see if you actually... If, I know it's in slow-mo, so it makes it look weird, but his arm is coming... So it's, he's, he's doing... He's turning, so his arm goes out like that. And then it, as it comes out, it hits his arm. 
So it, the, his hand is moving in the direction of the ball and then it hits the hits his arm. So I thought that was a... And I... Uh, Branislav Ivanovic used to do it. Used to just defend like this. And hands behind his back. Because then they can't argue anything. So he never gave away a handball because he's, like, he's got his hands behind his back. Joel Ward could have done that. You, if, if you know that's what the rule is, yeah, you but, do but it. But he's so turning. That one, he's turning. Yeah, so, you, so you, you're saying your body physically can't turn. If no, you he's halfway... He's... No, but he's halfway I, through. He's not like turning, blocking a shot. So I can understand Ivanovic doing it. And I saw Eric Garcia do it for uh, yeah. Madison's goal. Hand behind the back and you're blocking a, so- a shot. Fair enough. I can understand that, right? But if you're halfway through, so a defender's gone up for a header, the ball's gone up in the air. He's literally turning around from heading a sit or like defending a situation to mark or to look at the ball or see where it is. He's turned around and it's hit him in the arm. What's yeah, meant, I mean, he, what is I, he meant to do? If you see his arm does move out, that one, that one I, I think is contestable because I think it is a pen. So I'd have been annoyed if I was if I was no. a fan of Hamgim. I think that one was. What are the other two? You'll think I, ju- I just think I mean the other two. Are, I mean to be fair, they're, they're all gonna and I'll sort of get onto it. But my they're all gonna have the same argument to them, right? It's it's got to be that the handball rule. One, where is handball? Fine. Two, what is handball? It can't yeah. be handball when the ball just hits you on the hand. It's not that simple. It can't be because otherwise, I tell you what football's gonna turn into. It will turn into five players in the box lumping it long, trying to get a knockdown onto someone's hand because it's going to happen. When you're defending in that numbers, it's literally going to be Stoke. Tony Pulis is Stoke. Yeah. Every team Fantastic in the Premier League doing though. that. <laughs> your long-limbed players in a fantastic yeah. system. <laughs> now get out there and play. Yeah. But literally, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be just people lumping it long, trying to head it down and hoping someone jumps and hit it on the, hits them on the arm. Well, no, It's going I, to become so a I think, farce. So I think um, Eric Dyers was an absolute joke. I completely agree with that. Yeah, so the other, sorry, yeah, the other two I have on there, right? So, yeah, the Eric Dyer and Newcastle one. And I'll tell you what has pissed me off about the Eric Dyer, and this whole situation has pissed me off, right? But what's pissed me off about this is that I can tell you what started all this. I don't know if you remember Manchester United's fantastic comeback when Oli was at the wheel against PSG, right? Uh, Diego Dalot in uh, the Part de Prince, Part de Prince, whatever, had a shot, was going miles over. Kimpembe had jumped to make a block. His, he had turned his back on the shot, so had jumped and turned his back. His arm was sticking out a little bit, about that far into the penalty box. And they gave, he had no idea where the ball was. He had his mm. back turned, he was just trying to block the shot. Hit his hand. I mean, not affecting anything, not on the line. Literally about 20 yards from goal, or 18 yards from goal. Yeah. And it just went straight down to the floor. It wasn't going anywhere near the goal, by the way. The shot was shit. Yeah, it, <laughs> it went nowhere near the goal. right? And that was given as a penalty. Did you hear a single United fan or English football pundit complain? No. Because no. an English team had got further in Europe. Yeah. right? But now they're fucking complaining. <laughs> and so am I. I'm an Arsenal fan and I'm furious for Tottenham. That Kempembe one, Tottenham oh, one was different though because that was, that was unnatural position. Because I remember there was a Paolo Ferreira one in the Champions League for Chelsea. And he jumped up like that and then had been pushed in the air, so moved like that. And it hit his, the ball fell out of nowhere. It got off somebody else's head, landed on his hand, gone. We could see the penalty, we ended up losing the game. Um, and I was like, he's, and then it was like, well, he's clearly not intentionally doing it because it was like floppy hand. He was looking the other way, same as Kimpembe's. But I think they both should be handball. It's an unnatural position. They can't but be, Tom. That can't if you're jumping be like this, I think you can. 
I no, think the, you can no I don't care that no, because we've both played sport. If we were if we were to take if we were to bring a photographer with us to football, right, playing an eleven side match, even on Sunday league, yeah. and have them taking those shots where you can snap it at a thousand times a second, right? Or even videoing it in the quality of VAR. Every single time we went up for a jump, we don't even realise. We wouldn't even know we were doing it. We'd be up here and all over yeah. here and everything, because yeah. that's what you're doing. Right, the, na- the hand is in a natural position. I can't, I can't stand that unnatural. What do you mean he's fighting for the ball? If you're going up for a header in a corner, you realise your head's not going to get there, and you go like that to punch the ball away. Unnatural, deliberate handball penalty. If you've gone up to head it, and as you've headed it, you've hit it onto your own arm, or someone else has headed it, and it's hit your arm as you're just there jumping. Not a penalty. How can it? Pu- Eric Dyer was facing the other bloody way. Yeah, no, so I think I don't. I don't think Eric Dyer was for pen, but then I think I don't think Chelsea's goal should have stood for uh, the Havertz goal. The yeah, Havertz goal. No, I I just let's just play football. Let's just play football. We've got so lost. No, you can't do it that way. You can't have it. It's just it's this... Because then what happens if you're sliding for the ball as a defender and you go to block it and it hits your hand in the box? But it's it's a natural position because you're diving, like slide tackles diving. Yeah, but... Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So the thing is, well, the thing is, right, it's got to be, in my head, it's just got to be intentional. You'd have, you'd have, there's too many people, because you just have people just defending like this then. Just walk around defending like this, my natural position. Joel Ward, Joel Ward was like this. So he's got, he's, his arms, his arms to his sides, right, 45 degree angle. That, so he's like this. So you can defend like that, because that's your natural body position now. And if it hits your arm, yeah, but then, then you've no, intentionally, yeah, but no, but you've, you've intentionally put your arms like that. If but you've you walked around defending like that, you've intentionally back. put your arms like that. You can intentionally put your arms behind your back. Yeah. Not when you're defending and you've turned around and the ball has hit you on the hand. Honestly, this is going to be a nightmare. Don't get me wrong. I like to see more goals and everything like that. I can't stand seeing, and I don't think Tottenham were fantastic, right? They they should have killed no, the game off way won. quicker, right? They had a lot of chances and they should have killed the game off. But they what they deserve to win that game. Newcastle didn't have a shot until that penalty shot on target. They've got more. They points deserve than to win that so. game. They've had three shots on target this season. Scored three. Well. <laughs> This, uh, honestly, you can't have this. How can you possibly have a football manager, Jose Mourinho, he's under a bit of pressure already, right? He's not, yeah. you know, turned them into title contenders. They've, they're playing well. I mean, not brilliantly. I'm an Arsenal fan here. I, I mean, I'd love to rip off Spurs and yeah, go away. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, at the time when the Callum Wilson penalty went in, I probably did give it a little bit of a, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> Afterwards, in hindsight, you go, I'm sorry, this is just not fair. And it will happen to Chelsea. It will happen to Arsenal. And obviously, United benefited from it as well. In... That one, that one, United Brighton, penalty. All day. Yeah. Intentional movement of the arm towards the ball, right? What I don't understand is that, and I don't know the rules on this, so I was going to ask you about it. How can the referee blow the final whistle and then come back and give a penalty? I agree, but I think sanity prevailed in that case. Because I don't, you can't, I don't think, because he's, he's made a mistake because he hasn't seen it. And that is the last action of the game. So if he hasn't seen it, he then goes, well, that's the end of it. That's the end of the game. I think he should then be able to do it. I don't know what the rule is, but I think the right, the right thing happened in the end. It would have been too unfair. I, because he doesn't, first, he, doesn't call, mean, he doesn't call the VAR decision either, does he? VAR calls it to him. So he's already done it. He's gone, right, that's the end of it. Now then VAR have gone, no, 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 you need to go back and, and check it. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think that one annoyed me most of all, like we said earlier, because I think Brighton were fantastic. Yeah, same. 
So yeah, I so think it annoyed, first, annoyed the first thing I thought was they can't do that. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, any rule you can't do that. No, no, no. Yeah. no. In hindsight, um, but yeah, I just I just think that this needs to be sorted out soon and some clarity provided on it. Because it, I, I mean, I understand that they were saying let's just make it really simple, right? For referees, I can understand why they've done that. If it hits the hand in the area. Uh, then it's got to be a penalty. What I don't understand is about three minutes before that Eric Dyer one, it also hit him on the hand in the same game from a similar situation where the ball hit the, hit down from a head and it hit him on the arm and it wasn't given. So where's the consistency? Yeah, Newcastle that's the could have actually won the game on two penalties. So uh, you just sit there and go, and again, what like I spoke to you about Gabriel um, with that's Arsenal, big, yeah. and you just go, I just, I just want some sort of consistency. Leeds' penalty that they conceded at Liverpool shouldn't have been a penalty according to the rules. So what the hell are the bloody rules? Because then some people are saying, no, no, it is a penalty. You go, no, because it says here, if it hits up another body part, then it's not a penalty. What is the rules? Don't make it so that it's that any time it hits the hand in the box that it's a handball because it will ruin football. Well, I think they'll, it'll be similar to, I don't know if you remember, probably about three or four years ago now, where they did it for, it was like players grabbing each other in the box. On the first two game weeks, there was five or six pens and Stoke just couldn't stop giving penalties away. And it was as soon as they saw <laughs> yeah. anybody pulling any shirt, it was a penalty instantly. But they were giving away so many penalties that they had to then retract the rule and change it. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see something this week because there was too, I, there's I think two, it's there's got, too I many high-profile ones. That I don't understand. You can't yeah, have I, Eric, I, I you can't have Eric Dyer's as a pen. Eric Dyer's a pen and not give Havertz one. You can't. Yeah, exactly. Or, or not even give the Eric Dyer one four minutes before. Yeah. I, Do you know it, what I mean? Doesn't like make, they, it doesn't you, make sense, yeah. You would have, you're going to have three penalties it, a game. But this is what I mean. And, you know, Peter Crouch put out a tweet where he said, God, yes. I would have given away a lot of penalties. <laughs> and you go, you go, well, yeah, because, I mean, what are you meant to do with them? The arms are just there. They're a body part. You're an athlete playing a physical sport where the ball goes up in the air. It will hit your arm. There's yeah. nothing you can do about it. So there's got to be some sort. I don't know what. I personally think it's got to be an intentional movement. I understand your argument, which is that how can you define intentional? You know, people will just too go around defending. Like you say, a slide tackle is too subjective. Yeah. And everything is too subjective. That's the whole issue with VAR. I do like VAR, right? I actually think it's needed. But the whole issue with it is that the way one referee would have seen it is not how the other one would have. Which like is you said, with, the yeah. managers have got to be able to challenge the call. And we spoke about that last time. And yeah. maybe that should come in. You know, and they put, they put their case forward to maybe even a third referee. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't the only know. problem is we're talking about being subjective. So they've tried to make it clear, cut and dry, black and white. This is what a handball is. If it hits the hand, it's, an, it's a handball. So it makes it easier for VAR to make the decision. Because the problem is... I moment. understand that. I understand so it's, that. It's, I it's not a science and it's going to be... I, I, understand it, I understand it theoretically, but, I just, but in practice then, it's just... I mean, it really, every single time now, I don't know about you, every single time, I, I think in a way it probably has made it more entertaining because every time the ball goes in the box now and there is a little bit of a, a pinball situation, uh, my heart, <laughs> just there, oh, oh God, oh God, yeah. oh God. And then you just hear the shout of handball and you just think, oh, fuck off. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> peeling for everything the now. Going. And there was watching the, exactly. to sort of segue onto my stinker, um, mm. there was the West Brom Chelsea game and... Kovacic was um, appealing for something in the first half. And I was like, he's never a handball. But then I was thinking, mm, if I was playing, I probably would. If I was 3-0 down, I'd appeal for anything, you never know. Chuck it to VAR, see what comes back. Um, yeah. So I think you will get a lot of that, to be honest. But yeah, uh, yeah for my stinker... So what is your, uh, your stinker of the week then? It's Marcus Alonso. Oh, this this won't be a hard one for you. You've been moaning to me about Marcus Alonso for the past three seasons. He can't defend. The man cannot defend. And you watch them, 
fair enough, Thiago Silva's one is a, a mistake. But Westbrook has three shots mm-hmm. on target against us, which makes it look a lot worse than it was, I think. Um, Mark Alonso, and to be fair to Frank Lampard, has just called all three of them out. In his post-match press conference went, yeah, Mark Alonso, what are you doing headering that right back into the danger zone? What are you doing your left back? Forwards or out? What you, you just cushioned it down to the striker. What are you doing? Thiago Silva just miscontrolled. It's lazy. So I don't think he really made... Apart from that, he didn't look too bad. So it's just lack of concentration. So I can find that one. Um, and then Alonso has just lost his man entirely. There's, he's just on his own and he's just stopped defending. You're 2-0 down at this point. You're 2-0 down, 25 minutes in, away from home. All you need to do is just stick Touching. to your man. Just stick to your man. Because during the game, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to have to just go here and now and talk about Lampard out. Maybe not that far, but is Lampard out of his depth? All of those types <laughs> of things. Yeah, but when yeah. you look at this, you, t- you, you take those, there's three big individual mistakes that you cannot, no manager can account for those. It's not a system issue. It's not that he's zonal over man on man. It's not that they're playing a back three rather than back four. Simply just three individual mistakes. And Marcus Alonso has been doing them for years. Brilliant mm. left wing back because he doesn't really have to defend, but awful as a left back. So I genuinely don't think he'll play another game for Chelsea. I'd be very surprised. Really? Do you think he'll be yeah. gone before the transfer window? Really? Um, really? Nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. So we're going to have Chilwell as first choice as soon as he's fit. I don't know what's happening with Emerson. Possibly Juve are looking at him. But I think if we keep him... Yeah, he looks like he's leaving. Yeah, so that's the reason he didn't play. And I think if we ever need somebody who isn't Chilwell, it's going to be Aspel Greater. Um, which makes you think then maybe we should have kept Lamptey or find a way of keep, keeping Lamptey as a, as a reserve. Um, but yeah, it's it's just not acceptable for teams. What we've what we're trying to build, what we're trying to build is to be a top four concrete team challenging for titles. Mm. You can't have that much reliability in your team. You just can't. No, um, and he was. And, and I think, um, yeah, I, I think uh, the a lot of people were making out that the Thiago Silva thing was sort of one of the worst debuts in football. I mean, I watched the game. Apart from that error, he was pretty pretty solid. Yeah. Um, I will say that if it was the other way around and an Arsenal new signing had made that mistake, I think you'd be giving it a lot of stick. Should have been David Luiz, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we'll uh, we'll let him away with it. Yeah, I, I think, to be fair, it's, it's almost like Alonso had, I don't know if you remember that game Abue had for Arsenal a few years ago where he came on and then Wenger subbed him off because he yeah. literally passed the ball to the opposition. We were, we I think we were 3-2 up or something or 2-1 up and we were trying to hold on to the win for like the last seven minutes or like last 20 minutes. He came on past their team, literally nearly set them up clean through on goal tackled his own player like <laughs> couldn't complete a pass and everyone yeah. was just like is this guy fucking drunk like is he on is he on drugs is he on acid what is this like and it, it's almost like alonso was just yeah. having one of those games where you just go what like you just you got your head is gone you just can't even think straight you can't even he, had him too, he hasn't too often though he hasn't too often um and yeah i can't see how that's sustainable I just can't. And on the flip side of it, if I'm going to try and put some positive on it, positive spin on it, uh, obviously Chelsea looked better in the second half, tactically changed it, changed it up, um, did everything he possibly could. We did score three. I know it's a good newly promoted team who aren't the best defending, who obviously, if you're 3-0 up at half time, you're going to just sit back for the next 45 minutes and hope they don't score Mm -hmm. three. Um, But Chelsea looked good, I think, in the second half. I was quite happy with Hudson Odoi after we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Um, do you know what's weird? Finishings. We've got a little bit of a we've got a little bit of a um, 
a thing coming on this podcast that every time we talk about someone, the opposite of what we've said, or even no, not even the opposite of what we've had, we've said, but something with that player happens in reaction to what we've said, almost, yeah. which is really weird. We have the Hudson Adoy thing where we were saying, where is he going? You know, yeah. what's happened to him? He comes on and puts on a blinding performance. James Madison, we said his career is going to go either one or way, one or two ways now. Comes on and scores an absolutely incredible screamer. goal, absolute screamer, yeah, an absolute screamer. It just, I mean, watch Jamie Vardy now not score for the rest of the season or ever win a penalty ever again. Yeah, that's it now. And, and well, I was, I was thinking. With um, uh, Bayern Munich yesterday, so we're recording on Monday. Yeah, with, yeah, that was the other thing. Yeah, I was thinking there was another thing. I'd I'd, I'd purposely been looking through, and I'd um, I'd found a stat ready for today of um, of Bayern Munich since since he took over. Um, that since mm. he took over, they've won. Ignoring yesterday, they've won more trophies than he's either lost or drawn games. <laughs> so when he took over, yeah, hands, so this was yesterday. Flick has actually won more trophies four than he has lost or drawn games three as Bayern Munich manager. So he's now won as many trophies as he's lost and lost and drawn games because he's had twenty five wins or whatever it is. Um, and then obviously they went and lost yesterday. Of course, they did. I was about to back up. Hoffenheim is a, is a bit of a bogey team to them though. I think they've yeah, lost it, them the it could last have been more according to. I looked. At, I watched the highlights and have looked at a bit of stuff on it afterwards, and it looks like it could have been more. Um, so strange yeah maybe it's the the curse of the absolute football podcast yeah exactly yeah that, we'll, we'll get that trending yeah <laughs> um, the other the other honorable mention i have for stinger of the week is uh well no stinger in general actually at the moment is sheffield united um Fair. i back them to do really well this season uh obviously three games no wins uh looking very uh wishy-washy uh, which is not a chris wilder team i'm really surprised and i wouldn't be surprised if if that's the last time we see them like that i think he's going to ring the changes uh and at least they'll have a bit of a, a fighting performance i thought they were pretty toothless um in the opening three games um and i think a big loss for them is actually dean henderson i think maybe looking back on it he kept them in a lot of games last season that they then went on to win uh, and maybe ramsdale who had a good game by the way yeah he did Leeds, play well. but maybe he's he's not quite of the same caliber um, so yeah, interesting. But if interesting. to flip onto that game for, because it was against Leeds, the I don't what's the their keeper's name, Muniessa, Muni something like that. Uh, um, oh, uh, Mailser, yeah, yeah. His save for Lundstrom was unbelievable. Possibly saved the season so far. So that goes in. It's a different game. So I, I'm not do willing you, to throw. Him do you know what's funny though? Under the bus. Just, I yeah. when Arsenal played um, when Arsenal played Leeds last season, he was the goalkeeper in goal. Yeah. Uh, in the I think it might have been the FA Cup. Uh, at the Emirates, and his distribution is world class. I thought it in the game, and they said he was like twenty one on loan from uh, Lorient, uh, yeah. and I thought, oh, okay, he's, he's probably just having a, a good game. Um, but in his opening three games as well, his distribution has been very good, and his goalkeeping has been very good. So it looks like they might have signed uh, signed a bit of a, a gem there for quite under the radar, to be honest. So yeah, well, it was an unbelievable yeah, save. For, it was for an unbelievable future. save, to be fair. So. No, I can see. I I don't know if they'll go down, yeah. but I had them pretty pretty far down the league because they didn't score many goals last year. Um, I can't remember exactly where I put them finishing, but not mm. overly that high. So I don't know. Second season syndrome it is a thing. So I think watch that space with Sheffield United. I think it's just this season. I think they, you know, they could it, this season they could now go on a five game winning run, and and it's not even an issue anymore. Uh, this season is just so exciting, and and I can't wait to see to see what happens. Um, but speaking of uh, of who sort of needs to strengthen and maybe ring the changes in at Sheffield United, uh, as of the time we record this, I think there's one week 
or maybe just over a week to go in the transfer, maybe no, just under, just under just a week under to a week. go in the transfer window. Um, so, I mean, the opening three games, and bear in mind we're recording this uh, in between the, in the middle of the Villa and Fulham game uh, with Arsenal-Liverpool to play later. So everyone will be on three games by the time this sort of is aired. Yeah. From what you've seen so far, uh, who needs what and who needs to shift what uh, in the last week? Well, I t- the thing is, I don't think there's any team who needs a full overhaul. As no, much I, as I, I, I agree. Um, I think there's there's bits missing from pretty much every team. Um, so if I'm if we're working through the table as it stands at the moment, we've got yeah. Leicester top. I think. Yeah. They're same as same as we were saying last year when Jamie Vardy's firing. I said on one of the previous episodes, Jamie Vardy's firing. They were third best team in the league last year. Um, mm. And Jamie Vardy's flying. So they are, they're one of the best teams in the league. I don't think they need anything. Everton, we all know how I feel about Everton. So uh, <laughs> they, I think they maybe need cover in places. Um, well, hang on. What, what I would say is what with Leicester and Everton then, they've obviously had a good start. Yeah. So to go on and, and I'm not just talking, well, no, yeah, let's talk. To go on and challenge, I'm not going to say title because I don't, I don't think they're no there chance. yet. But to go on and challenge, and I mean properly challenge, and I mean maybe not even make it close, you know, really go out and set the pace for Champions League football, what do they need to sign? Because you look at that Leicester team. I don't think anything. You think they're going to go and set the pace for Champions League football as it stands? Yeah, I can't see why not. I can't can't see why not. Um, As long as Jamie Vardy stays informed, that's their only thing. Every team needs a goal scorer, and if they can keeping fit I can't see any reason why not same with Everton and Calvert-Lewin I don't think Calvert-Lewin will keep doing it if he does then I'll happily be proved wrong um, but I think that's the that's the big thing isn't it having somebody who can actually put the ball in the back of the net and they've got that and if you compare what Chelsea and United are doing at the start of the season it's a very long season but they both look pretty average in all honesty um, so I wouldn't be surprised I'd, maybe not both of them but one of them I don't know which one yet, because they both got very good managers as well. Very good managers, both got fairly mm. young teams. So um, I think it's going to be interesting, really interesting. Mm. Oh, but I do think it's one of those two who are going to crack the top four outside of what we said at the start of the season. Um, yeah. And then looking, looking, doing the top two then, I've just done that. But looking through the league, I don't think, think there's any team so far that really jumps out at me that really needs change other than I think Sheffield United probably need a striker but I don't think they'll get one they they were lucky last year that they, they survived off their defence um, they didn't really score enough goals especially I, don't, I, don't, I, I disagree out. I disagree with that I think I think they they play I mean maybe in terms of the scoring enough goals maybe I agree they play very good football actually much better than I thought they did I hadn't watched them for I think the first maybe five to ten games of last season yeah and I just assumed it was a you know long ball kind oh, of no, making the odd goal that. sort of thing when I when they played against Arsenal and then I watched them a bit afterwards they they actually are very well coached very good tactically and actually get the ball on the ground and play it um, they're strong, they're physical, and I just think maybe there's a bit of comfort that's set in, uh, which I'd be surprised if Wilder hasn't seen already. Um, I think they do need a striker, and it looks like they're looking towards youth. I know they've been trying to sign Balogun from Arsenal's youth team. Um, and they've been linked with Brewster? About 15 million. 
yeah, they've been linked to Brewster, so yeah. so Crystal Palace as well. I think I think Sheffield United need him more than Palace need him. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think I think he'd be a good signing for them. Um, yeah, I, I think to be honest that from the top ten as it stands, obviously apart, you know, with, um, we're not trying to make them all into title challenges. We're talking where they should probably finish. What do they need? Arsenal need midfielders. We don't we don't have enough midfielders. Um, we desperately need to sign and get the deals completed for party as a defensive mid and our as a centre mid slash attacking mid. Um, if those two deals aren't completed, I mean, if one of them is completed, then great. If But we really need those two to be completed uh, for yeah. us to have any chance of, of actually going on to fight for things this season. I'm not saying the title, but I am no. saying to fight for things. Um, I think apart from that, I think Tottenham... For me, it's a manager issue. It is, you know, I, I can't say that they need signings, really. Um, obviously, I think Newcastle and West Ham, West Ham now, I think they actually do have, when you look through their squad, they've actually got a very good squad. They should be top yeah, 10. Have. On paper, Definitely they have, should yeah. be top 10. We have um, players like Filipe um, Anderson, Yarmolenko, uh, Lanzini. Fornals, Bowen, yeah, yeah Christ Antonio. Yeah, very decent team. Haller. Um, defence is good as well. Declan Rice, obviously. Um, and then Brighton play really good football. They looked great. Uh, they look like you know they're going to yeah, play well this. They played well against Chelsea as well. I think, I think the two we can look at, and they're quite conveniently right next to each other. I think are City and United. For me, United isn't even signings. Again, it's the same as Tottenham. It's a manager yeah. issue. I don't, that's the thing. I don't think it's signings. I don't. Think it's, I think they've got if again. No, they've got, one they've to got a great squad. Yeah, one to eleven. They've got a great, great team. Um, City, on the other hand. It's always been the problem. If they have, I think we talked talk about it again before. I don't think Gabriel Jesus is good enough to be. Oh really? There. Oh, I rate yeah. him very highly. I don't at all because I don't think he's he's not the Aguero. He's not the Salah type player that you need to win a league. I think if he's, it's the problem that you kind of had with Giroud before. He was great. He'll yeah, he'll probably get you top six, top four, but he's not going to get you to win a league. A Man City have got De Bruyne who can do that for them but you need somebody to score goals and I, I that's why I was so excited that Chelsea signed Werner is because the reason we tailed off towards the end of last year is because Abraham didn't have his purple patch anymore um, mm. so I think their problem is they they've, they've need a replacement for Aguero they've, they've needed it for three years no, I, see just, I think they need I to can... offload I think they genuinely I think what the best thing they could have done this summer is offload Aguero and signed Aubameyang or done something along those lines. Sign sign a player just because Aguero's just not. He's, you're not going to get forty game season out of him. You're just not. You might get twenty mm. if you if Aguero's had a good season with injuries. You'll get twenty games out of him, and that's only half your games. You need somebody like Lewandowski who plays every single game. Benzema who plays every single game. Ronaldo, Messi, they play every single game or every important mm. game, and then they get rested when you play in I don't know Ibar or whoever it is, um, or mm. Union Berlin. So. Man City don't really have a striker because the problem is they end up playing um, Gabriel Jesus and have bringing on Rory Delap's son. Again, when you're mm. five two down, at home he looks Leicester. like a good player. By the way, he does look a good player. He does look like a good player. You don't you don't bring him on against Leicester, who like we talked about last, arguably third best team in the league. Um, so mm. I think that's that's their position where they need to strengthen. I think they legitimately need to strengthen there. Other than that. I, again, it probably goes back to it more of a system management issue. Of see, I disagree. I, I think the I think the position they need to strengthen. Although striker, I can see where you're coming from. I don't think that's where they desperately need to focus. I think Rodri is not has been an awful signing for them. Yeah, but I just play Fernandinho. Fernandinho, 
Fer- yeah, but, but Fernandinho is not the Fernandinho of two seasons ago. He was the best centre back. They last needed year, to. Yeah, but I'm not talking about centre back. I'm talking about CDM. Yeah. They need that player in front of the centre backs to go and break up the attacks. The reason they won the league was because they did not let teams counterattack them. That's the big difference in the system. The system still works. It's just they don't have that player who is on the pitch, who's quick enough, athletic enough, smart enough to make the foul and cute enough to make the fouls enough times in a game and not get sent off and also break up every single dangerous attack. And then so as soon as City I, so are I back think... and well-oiled, they win the ball back and go and counter you and, and but I think, you know, press you I down. I think this goes back to what we talked about earlier. I think that's a, that's a Pep fault. That's Pep's fault. It has to be because Fernandinho... Oh, yeah, he there. signed the players, yeah. Yeah, Fernandinho was there when they arrived and he is arguably the most consistent player defensively on the back on the defensive side of things he signed Rodri who's good on the ball but not great off the ball he really wanted Jorginho and look imagine Jorginho in that system he'd have done exactly the same thing he'd probably been worse but he was their number one mm. target and he decided to go to Chelsea because of Sarri wish they'd have taken him now but you look at the players mm. he wants in that position he doesn't want somebody to do that and the same goes back then. Okay, they're a great team and they will steamroll teams. Six six and sevens, like we know they can do. But if he's spending mm. 400 million on defenders who can't defend and wanted to spend 50 million on Jorginho and spent 40-odd million on Rodri, he's buying mm. central defensive midfielders who can't defend and defenders who mm. can't defend. Come on, that's got to be, at some point, there needs to be somebody in there who needs to go, look, just... just win games just win them ugly and he won't win them ugly well, that, that's why that's what I think uh, Arteta did that's what I think I think Arteta was that person in his ear saying do what you want going forward in that position we need Fernandinho yeah and I feel like since he's gone he hasn't had that I, I think what he's looking to do is build the Barcelona team again so he wants a Busquets and Busquets if you have a midfielder Busquets, Xavi and Iniesta you're not getting picked off the ball is not getting broken up in midfield and you're getting countered. That's not happening. No. Yeah? When you have as good as Rodri, De Bruyne and Foden are, they they do get caught out more than Xavi, Iniesta and Busquets. And by the way, when Xavi, Iniesta and Busquets got the ball right, they got it to Messi. Yeah, that's the difference. At which that. point you're scoring. Yeah? Yeah. Man City are getting it to Mares and it's not guaranteed. I'm not saying any of these players are not good. They're incredible goal, footballers. Hell of a Hell goal. Hell of a goal from Mares. But they're, incred- they're incredible footballers, but they are not. That Barcelona team, for me, one-off. A one-off team. Yeah. Once in a generation. In prime of their careers, in terms of generations, everything like Yeah, once in a generation. Yeah. Pep, by trying to buy Rodri, although Rodri's got the physical presence, you look at the size of him and you think, yeah, he'll make it in the Premier League. He's not quick. He's not cute. When he makes fouls, he steamrolls people and gets a yellow card in like the sixth minute. What's that? Yeah. Good? What good is that for your CDM for the rest of the game when you're trying to break up play? You can't make yeah. another tackle. But we, no, we, had, we had this we had this conversation before, and again, it's the one that went un, unreleased. That he can't. You, you were saying that he wins things with the system, but he's he's been brought in to win the Champions League. He didn't do it at Bayern. He hasn't done it at City. It's it's a great system, and he plays beautiful football because he has unlimited budget. Effectively, everywhere he goes, mm. within reason. Um, so he's gonna he's gonna win Bundesliga because everyone's gonna win Bundesliga. But when you look at it, it's it's a pep issue. It it's it has to be a pep issue because he, he what they did against Leon it just has to be a pep issue because he because he wants to play his system. Like you said, he probably wants to recreate what he had at Barcelona. It doesn't allow for you to have that. Okay, right, we're one 0 up. Right, how about we sit back now for twenty minutes, let you come to us, and we try and catch you on the break with 
because Gabriel Jesus is quick. Sterling, Mares, Foden, De Bruyne. Having those five coming at you on the break is a horrible thought. Especially yeah, like Foden. Foden looks Foden looks like serious, serious player. Oh yeah. Yeah, so oh, he wh- is. Yeah. Why not? Just... Foden and De Bruyne's passes are spot on every single every time. time. Um so just try something a bit different. And you have Sterling running through. Yeah, I know. I I know. And I, I do I think it has got to be a, a system issue. I I think in my head obviously Pep is uh, in terms of what I love about football, he is everything I love about football and the way he thinks about football. So he's got that Wenger thing that you know I I love about the way you look at football and that football is art and it's got to be attacking and it's got to be entertaining, um, but it's got to win. You know, it, for him in his position, right? I'm not saying for me as a fan or whatever. Uh, I don't think winning football is the only reason to support a football team. But for him in his position, you're right. He's got to win. Yeah. yeah. So there's got to be that element that you know he starts to take a look at himself i don't think it will happen because i think when you're that much of a of a visionary which he is from a footballing sense you know it's got to be your vision and your vision only and it can't be anyone else's and it can't be changed it can't be altered it's got to be that which Um, i think so i don't think he will change it i think it's horrendous why how anybody could ever have that in anything how you can't be willing to no no i agree why you can't have willing to compromise in anything it's it's a problem that arsenal has had with that like said perfect example it's the people just set in their ways and they're never willing to think, look at things that change. And that's why then possibly we've looked at it that there was the, the Mourinho thing that football passed him by. Guardiola, is it now? Has football passed him by for this different... Is Klopp now the well, next? Wenger did. Wenger yeah, did. You Wenger know, passed uh, him by. These kind of things, because they're not willing to... They've got their way of playing. Mourinho, Guardiola, mm-hmm. Wenger is all the same. Obviously different types, but they had their way of playing and it was successful originally. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, well, it was successful then. Why isn't it successful now? Well, maybe things have changed slightly. Um, which is what Klopp's exactly. done. Which is what Klopp's done, and I think they now, after yesterday, have got to be massive favourites of the league. They've got to be. Yeah, yeah. And the episode that it was never released. I mean, we we'll, we did a one to twenty Premier League table, which we'll redo when the transfer window shuts. Yeah. Um, but uh, I won't say where I had City. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll move on. <laughs> was it was it thirteenth? Um, they are now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think there's a few positions for Man City to focus on. For me, it's got to be CDM. I think centre backs. Obviously, they've signed Ruben Diaz now. They've got Ake. Mm-hmm. They've got Laporte. They've got John Stones. Which, by the way, I would be happy to have him at Arsenal. There was Same. a few yeah, uh, rumours earlier on, um, but and they seem to have gone away. But I would be happy to have him there. Um, yeah, I, I think centre. I think defence. They're actually. Even though defence is their issue, I don't think it is individuals. I think it is system and the individual that is at CDM, in my opinion. Not that he's not a good CDM. For what City do, he's not a good CDM. He was perfect for Atletico Madrid, who sit in, and then you've got a six foot, like two. Have you seen the size of his bloody quads? (laughs) Like tree trunks. Imagine imagine running a, a, a parked bus defence anyway and then trying to get through that unit. It'd be terrible. But I don't think he suits City style at all. Um and then, yeah, looking at the rest of the teams, I mean, the only ones that I would say, obviously, you know, Southampton looked good against Burnley. They've had, a, apart from that, a bit of an indifferent start. But I don't, I can't see any major areas they need to strengthen. Overall, all around, you think quite a good, quite a good level. For where they are as um, well. They Wol- look good for where they are. What has surprised me is Wolves. Uh, and obviously, particularly after the West Ham result. But in general, I think there's, their start to the yeah. season has been a bit... You know, but as a team I, and as a squad, I can't say it's weak, you know. No, and, and the same thing happened last year. They do. I think they lost the first four mm. games last year. Ended up yeah, finishing that is true. seventh. Yeah. Um, and we were talking last week about teams who've had a short turnaround. Don't forget their their season last year was three hundred and seventy days. They went from July to August, 
Uh, and it was just unbelievable the season they had to go through. And then they've done mm. that, had two weeks off and had to go straight back into preseason. They they must be done physically. It must be tough for them to mm. keep going, keep going like Liverpool did. They've had no time off whatsoever. Um, so I think it's it might be a hangover of last year, but give them a couple of weeks and they'll probably finish mid-table maybe instead of top eight this year, maybe a couple of spaces yeah. lower. But mm. Nuno deserves a new contract and then they'll go again next year maybe. Once they've signed another couple of players, and yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody's really that weak at the moment. I think the the newly players uh, sides have all all done really well in terms of um, the management that they've got, apart from Fulham, who I think are just down. Whatever happens, um, they're just a championship. Team well, they weren't expected to be up, were they? They were not expected yeah. to come up. So no. you know, they they're they're just happy to be here. They're like a dog so, at the Grand National. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> just, of which, they're currently to be there. Currently, currently three nil down with not an hour played against uh, against Aston Villa as well. So yeah, right, okay. Yeah, Villa, Villa, well, um, but yeah, no, the the team I would say really does need, and and I just think they need numbers. Uh, having looked at their squad and and their starting eleven and all the transfer rumours going on with them, Burnley, they desperately need some investment. Uh, I mean, their defence, yeah. they've got, you know, uh, Kevin Kevin Long is, you know, he comes in and plays the odd game a season. I think he plays like a handful of games. He's not a Premier League defender and he's started every game so far. Mm. Uh, they've got a centre-back come up for the youth team, uh, Dunn. He looks good, but he's young. Yeah, he's, he's not ready for the Premier League week in, week out yet. Um, ben Mee and, and Tarkovsky. Oh, Tarkovsky looks like he could be going to Leicester, which fun... No, yeah, no, it is Leicester. Yeah, um, or Palace. Funny enough... Apparently. Or Palace, yeah, but fun- no, oh, no, West, West Ham, West Ham, West Ham, West Ham, yeah, West Ham and um, Leicester. Funny enough, actually, the the only position I was going to say that Leicester needed to strengthen potentially was alongside Sayanchu, uh, a centre back. Um, Johnny Evans, but yeah, Burnley, yeah, but he's he's getting on. He's a bit getting now. on. Yeah, you know, I think he's he's getting he's a good defender, but I think he's getting on a bit in terms of them challenging for Champions League. Yeah, you know, fair. really challenging. I and they've got Champions League football this year as well, haven't they? So they need bodies. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Burnley, yeah, uh, Ben Mee as well. I don't know if that's an injury or if that's a, a transfer situation. I don't know. But he, I mean, I think it must be an injury. Um, uh, yeah. But in general, they just they just look like they really need some, uh, not an overhaul, but I think they're, they're the closest squad in the Premier League that I think needs an overhaul. They just need some players in, good players. And they're, they've got a good manager. They've got a good established side now in the Premier League. They, you know, they could really bed themselves into the Premier League for the next five, ten years here if they just get some investment and there's just nothing coming in. Nothing. Nothing. Um name can you, you name feel for me, Sean Deutsch, you do. Yeah. Name me name me their biggest signings since they've been the Premier League. Marquee signing. And think how long they've been in the Premier League as well when you think about it. Marquee signing in the Premier League. So when he went Bloody to Burnley, you're like, hard. ooh, it's a good signing. Vidra? <laughs> exactly. From <laughs> the championship. That was from Derby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, good point. I can think of... I can yeah, think bloody, of, bloody good point. I can think of three off the top of my head. Um, Chris Wood, because he was banging in for Leeds, but he's banging for Leeds, a championship player. Um, ben Gibson from Middlesbrough at the time. There's a lot of teams after him. Chelsea rumoured with him at the time, but... Again, I think he got relegated the season they signed him. And Stephen Defoe, the Belgian centre centre midfielder. I was like, he was like, he's a proper player. I was like, okay, maybe they're trying to actually start playing football. So you take him out, and they've never signed anybody who isn't a championship player or over the hill, but signing Aaron Lennon. Um like John Walters, I think they signed at one point. They they've just he's got no money to play with whatsoever. And he's done such a good job for them. 
Um, it, well, actually, when, when you've said that now, it. when you've said that now, even the job has been made even more incredible. In my um, in my head, it was already yeah. an incredible job. You look at that and you just think, I mean, when you actually look at that one to eleven, it's a championship side. Oh, yeah? yeah. There's no no doubt about it. It's a championship. I wouldn't get promoted. Side. It's not even. No, I wouldn't get promoted. No, no. unless you've got Sean Dyche at the helm. Yeah, so he needs some support. He needs some investment. And I mean, they're 18th at the minute. <laughs> Don't start. Um, but yeah, he needs some investment. And that nearly sneaked by. I nearly didn't hear. Yeah, I know. I, th- I thought I got it in. <laughs> thought I got it in. Thought I got it in there under um, the bus. <laughs> get out. Get out, you horrible man. Um but yeah, so I think they're the only ones that I think I don't think it will happen, but they need no, a good five or six. Um, yeah. In the next in the next week, but yeah, I don't think that will happen. Um, no, they they are uh, Tony Pulis. They are bang average players in a fantastic system. Uh, th- yeah, exactly, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that was actually my football story from was it episode one? I think it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Oh, no, maybe episode two. No, it wasn't your it was story. It wasn't your football story. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, so funny enough, actually, I've got a few uh, football stories. Um, so speaking that we're talking about managers not being backed. Uh, okay, uh, this this segment this week is going to be called football short stories. Um, stop checking the Villa score. I'm not checking the Villa score. <laughs> I'm getting my, I'm getting my. Um, Although just oh, let nice. you know, uh, it's uh, it was three one, and Fulham had a goal disallowed. So come on, they're oh, definitely God. going down now, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, speaking of managers not being backed, uh, there's the story. I don't know if you've heard of this of uh, the shortest football manager. Sorry, the shortest manager stint in football history. You heard about this? Um, is it? I don't think it's the one you're thinking of. But is it the Real Madrid manager where he was Real? He announced as Real Madrid manager and they got sacked in like 24 hours or something. No, 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 not this? that He's one. He's a Spain he, manager. He, at the this World can, Cup. this can do. Oh, him! Yeah, yeah, yeah. This can do even better. Okay, uh, so Leroy Rossini, uh down in the lower leagues. Uh, Torquay got relegated um, and as they basically got relegated they they sat their current manager uh, and they hired Leroy Rossini to lead their charge back into I think they actually got relegated to the conference it was in yeah. 2007 uh, so to lead their charge back into the, the football league right so he goes in uh, he's officially appointed signs the contract in front of the press okay uh, the local press of Torquay <laughs> not, the, not the Sky Sports News but anyway yeah. the local press of Torquay, uh, Torquay actually it probably was Sky Sports News but yeah <laughs> yeah um, goes in right goes straight into the back room of the of the uh, club meets all the staff says hello everything like that right uh, with the with the current chairman current uh, owner as well um, the owner then literally says to him right this is how the story goes the owner says to him okay right go into your office get settled in uh, and we'll go and have a chat in about half an hour right as the chairman goes into his office he receives a call confirmation call that the com- the club has been bought okay it's got new owners and the new owners have decided they want in, they want their own man in charge. And his first job is to tell the current manager that he's sacked. His foot, his stint in charge of Torquay lasted seven minutes. Oh, <laughs> what a payout though! If you just signed a contract, you've got to get rid of him. What a payout! <laughs> I don't know what the, the most, employment law... most money anybody's ever in in seven minutes. I don't know what the employment law uh, rules are for for sporting contracts. They must be yeah. different. But if he had under two years service, then he would have just been uh, gone out the door. <laughs> no, no questions asked. But there we are. Um, okay, so that that's story number one, uh, which actually linked quite nicely from managers not being back. Imagine, imagine seven minutes in, someone coming in and saying, "Yeah, we just don't think it's working out." <laughs> yeah, that's the beer, that's what Sorry, the Burnley chairman says every time Sean Dyche goes into his office. That's for more money. <laughs> At least he'll give you longer than seven minutes. 
Sean. God, count yourself lucky. <laughs> yeah, getting on to getting on to seven years now. Yeah. Um, so the the second story then is a is a another stupid one, which I'm sure you you've probably heard. Another short story. Um, have you ever read into why Stephen Ireland, football prodigy Stephen Ireland, Irish Robbie, uh, Irish Robbie Keane, Irish prodigy Stephen Ireland, Irish Robbie Keane, the reasons that well, the Robbie Keane <laughs> yeah. also Irish. Oh, you know what I meant. The next Robbie Keane, <laughs> what I meant. Sorry, to to carry the country to yeah. to you know stardom, right? That's what I meant. Sorry, not the Irish Robbie Keane. <laughs> Brilliant, right? Um, but have you heard why he sort of ever looked into why he just disappeared out of football stardom when he was doing quite well? No. So he I'd got dropped that, by. Yeah, me too. I really thought he was going to be something. Really thought he was going to be something. Mm. I thought he was their he was their diamond. Um, of that sort of era but anyway he got dropped by the republic of ireland and man city okay um when he pretended he got called up for international duty against the czech republic right and he dropped out because he pretend well sorry he dropped out because his grandmother had died okay um so he said oh, you know called them up and said i can't attend my, my grandmother's died um and he actually instead his grandmother hadn't died okay um he went to visit his girlfriend instead he wanted to spend some time with his girlfriend, so he dropped out and just used that other one as an excuse. Um, not only did he do that, right? So he'd initially done that and then gotten away with it, which you're already thinking, come on, mate, bit, bit dodgy. Yeah. Um, just, you know, <laughs> feign an injury or something, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, a bit dodgy. But he gets back to Man City um, and he says to Ericsson, Sven Juran Ericsson in charge at the time, that he was still grieving and needed extra time off. So he had two weeks additional bereavement leave pay. <sighs> And then his grandmother actually died a few oh. years later, right? But obviously they had already found out literally straight away at the time yeah, because he course. came out and apologised. Um, oh. And from then on, he was kind of never really seen again. Uh, he got which the best job mad, in the world. He, he had a very poor stint at Stoke. But this is what I mean. Literally after the City days, you just didn't see him again. And that's when yeah. it all started to sort of go wrong, really. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, abs- absolutely loved a bit, crazy. Loved a bit of Steve um, Yeah, me too. Honestly, I really, he was like a player that I thought was an absolute diamond. Mm. I really did. Yeah. Um, okay. And then my third and final football short, well, short football story of the week um, is, uh, is from Danish football. Do you know your Danish football well? <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to be brutally honest and say yes. Yes. <laughs> no. Yeah, of course I do. Um, well, okay. This is a great story. Uh, so Danish club uh, Ebeltoft. Uh, they've got a longer name than that, but I can't pronounce it. Okay, so we'll just call them Ebeltoft. They'll now be my Danish team, right? Okay. Um, they were leading 4-3 uh, with only seconds remaining uh, when playing... Uh, oh, sorry. No, they met... Sorry. No, that is their full name. They met another team called Norager. Norager. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, Norager were leading 4-3 with seconds to, like remaining. Uh, Ebeltoft went on the attack up the Eppeltoft uh, and as they pressed forward uh, got into a good position the referee uh, Henning Erikstrup went to blow the final whistle you know game game was over yeah uh, only problem was that his false teeth fell out and as he tried to blow the whistle no noise was made <laughs> uh, play continued and believe it or not Eppeltoft scored uh, and the referee disallowed the goal and what? blew the full time whistle because he said that he meant to stop the play. Oh. Ebeltoff went to the equivalent of the Danish FA and the decision did not get overturned. Heartbreaking so for my lifelong team, Ebeltoft. In fairness, though, I, I, 
it goes back to what I was saying with the United one. That's common sense. <laughs> so I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. I think it's a good decision. I like I like a logical decision. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a rationale and I'm I'm all fine with mm. it. Um Weirdly really enough, as well, all three of motion. my stories, yeah, all three of my stories were from two thousand and seven. Oh, uh, so big it was a year! Fantastic year for football. Big year in football. Well, <laughs> okay. So moving on from your stories, I've uh, I've gone away from underrated or overrated this week, and uh, thought we'd try something right, a little okay. bit different. On the back of mm-hmm. one we were talking about, of guess the player. Oh, the who am I? I yeah. enjoyed that. So yeah. I've got a who am I? Um, it's three oh, questions. Good. Three questions yeah. for the who am I? And I'll give you four possibilities who the player is. Oh, so okay. An A, an a B, C, or D. So Nice, nice. Can I try play. and guess without the A, B, C, or D, and then we'll go from there? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, uh, okay, play along nice. at home as well. So uh, yeah. I've got six altogether. I did have seven, but I wanted the the answer was Mustafi, and I didn't want it to be Arsenal related. So we've, <laughs> uh, we've gone for it. So it's number one. Mm-hmm. I was born in Brazil, but represent another country. Every Brazilian player ever, then. (laughs) I've played alongside both Gary Cahill and Marcus Alonso. And I've also scored against England. Okay, so let me just go through this. Uh, Born in Brazil, plays for another country. That's a lot of players. Gary Cahill and Marcus Alonso, I think you're trying to put me towards Chelsea, but it's actually Bolton. Um, And then what was the third one again? I've scored against England. Scored against England. Okay. Scored against England. I'm going to go for, without knowing the players, I'm going to go for Rodrigo from That's Leeds. Outstanding. Fair play. Was Fair that play. that? Yes. Was, yeah. Get Fair in. play. Brilliant. Because yeah, he scored I... for. <laughs> I know I do. He, he scored for Spain against England. No idea. Yeah, I knew he played for. He was on. He was the same loan signing for Bolton when they signed Daniel Sturridge that's and Marcus Alonso. That's true. Um, good, play. good knowledge. That. So, who was the four that you were going to give me? Uh, it was Thiago, Diego Costa, Jorginho, and Rodrigo were the four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, I'm impressed with that. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Take that. What do you? What do I win? Nothing. <laughs> my, my, <laughs> my, my respect. That's my respect. That's what you win. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want that anyway. Yeah, you haven't got it either. Even if you win. Um, <laughs> okay. So next one then is. So guess guess who I am. I've played under these three managers. So these are the three, and this counts as the three questions this time. Mm-hmm. Roy Hodgson, mm-hmm. Fabio Capello, and Goose Hiddink. Mm-hmm. Say it again. So this this player has played under Roy Hodgson, Fabio Capello, and Gus Hiddink. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just thinking international and club. So Roy Hodgson, it's either it's got to be, unless it's one of his weird like Danish or Swiss or something. No, he was man- he was international manager of Switzerland. Um, so unless it's some weird Danish team, it's got to be Fulham, Liverpool, Crystal Palace. Um, Roy Hodgson. Who was the second one? Sorry, Capello. Capello. I don't think it's got to be. It's got to be England for Capello because the Milan days and the Juventus days were so long ago. Do you think it was Milan? So you don't know. I don't. I'm giving you age of these players. Hang on, wait. Let me let me have a look. And then Gus Hiddink. I think that's got to be. So I'm thinking it's an English player. Gus Hiddink, Roy Hodgson, and Fabio Capello. 
John the Four. Gary Cahill. No, it's not Gary Cahill. John the Four. Okay. Yeah. Wayne Bridge. Roberto Carlos. Wayne Rooney. Or Glenn Johnson. Okay, let me try and... Can I do uh, Power of Deduction? Yeah. Sherlock. Um, okay, so... Roberto Carlos. Roy Hodgson, Inter. Capello, Madrid. Was Gus Hiddink in charge of Anzi Mekleba in Russia? Oh, I think he was. I'm going to leave that there. Wainbridge. No, he hasn't played under Roy Hodgson. Nope. So that one cancels out. Hmm. Who was the other, sorry? Wayne Rooney and Glenn Johnson. Wayne Rooney, Roy Hodgson, yeah. Capello, yeah. Gus Hiddink, no. Glenn Johnson's, Roy Hodgson, yeah. Capello, yeah. Hiddink, 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 Hiddink. Oh, Hiddink's first stint. Fuck. So I've got Hiddink or Roberto... No. you got Glenn Johnson or Roberto Carlos. Yeah, Glenn Johnson or Roberto Carlos. I think Hiddink. I don't know why in my head, Anzi. Anzi, he played. He managed them in my head. I'm going to go Roberto Carlos. Two for two, mate. That's outstanding. I went Glenn Johnson. Oh, yeah. I went Glenn Johnson. Because I knew I had it, it, Hiddink with the Chelsea links. And then I thought Glenn Johnson would have been at um, Liverpool at the time, wouldn't he? But no, Roberto Carlos, two from two. Fair play. So did Hiddink manage Anzi Mekalabava? Must have been. Must have. I, I'd assumed Gus Hiddink would have managed Madrid at some stage, just because no, he's one of those no. managers. But, um, okay, next one. I want to know. I want to know that now. Sorry, I can't end it. I need to know uh, where Hid- did Hiddink manage. I would have thought your love, undying love for Hiddink, I thought you would have known I do that. love Hiddink as well. Anzi, yes, get in, 2012-2013. Yeah, for about five minutes as well, I bet. Yeah, yeah, but I, in my head, I don't know why I just had it. That's um, that's an outstanding quiz round for me. Yeah, so I, I, I prefer the Rodrigo one, I think that's more impressive. Um, <laughs> yeah, the fact that I didn't even have the names for that. I'm gonna yeah, I know, <laughs> the next one. Uh, I've won the African Cup of Nations Golden Boot. I've played alongside Nathan Ake. And I have scored against Arsenal. Hmm. So I got this one right as well. I got the first two wrong, but I got this one right. African Golden African Cup of Nations Golden Boot. Alongside Nathan Ake. Nathan Ake. Oh, that's a Vitesse little bastard thing, isn't it? And I've scored against Arsenal. What was the first one? African Cup of Nations Golden Boot winner. Uh, Wilfred Boney. No. Oh, you're joking! I thought the Vitesse loan system would have got me. When we played, okay. when we played in Nathan Ake. Vitesse, I was thinking. No, I, couldn't, I, I didn't I know if Nathan Ake went on. He was the only player. Who okay. Didn't. Oh no, he didn't. He was the only because he went. He came on at sixteen. Okay, that was a stupid yeah. answer. Ignore that. Um, Do you want the four? Hmm. Yeah, give me the four. Uh, Igalo. Solomon Kalou. Sadio Mane and Max Gradle. Okay. Max Gradle has played in the African Cup of Nations. He did really well one year. He's played with Nathan Ake. And he has scored against Arsenal. 
I don't know if he won the golden boot. Who was the others? Sadio Mane. Solomon Kalou. I don't think Sadio Mane's played with Nathan Ake. Solomon Kalou and Igalo. Solomon Kalou it could be. Obviously played with Solomon Kalou at Chelsea. Oh, is he too young? That was a Rafa stage. When did Solomon Kalou go to Hertha? Ake played in the Champions League final, just so you know. No, Europa League final. <laughs> I was going to say, no, he didn't. <laughs> uh, Bertrand did. Um, Europa League, okay. Golden boot, though. Hmm. Okay, give me the four again, sorry. Give me the Igalo, four. Igalo, Yeah, no, Mali, not him. Gradle. Okay, it's Kalou or Gradle. Kalou has scored against Arsenal. I'm going to go... Gradle did really well one year in the African Cup of Nations and I'm sure he scored against Arsenal. I'm going to go Gradle. Igalo. Igalo. Uh, Igalo? Igalo, yeah. Igalo. When did he play with Igalo? Oh, Watford. Louis, you stupid man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he hasn't played with Igalo. He hasn't played in China. Yeah, he hasn't played at United. That was Watford, my one. of course. That's uh, a good one, that. Yeah, so next one. I've played for one club across two separate spells. I've scored in an FA Cup final. And I've only scored two international goals. That could be a lot of players to be Yeah, fair. so I'll, I'll give you the four straight away for this one. Yeah. So David Luiz, Andy Carroll, Diego Costa and Paul Pogba. It's Diego Costa. It's Andy Carroll. No! It's Andy Carroll. I thought Diego Costa had a dreadful red record for Spain. That's what He I does, thinking. but I think he scored more than two. Andy Carroll, FA Cup final? Liverpool. I think he must have scored for Liverpool in the FA Cup final. Is there anything I could think? Or West Ham, maybe? That year with uh, Alan... Pa- no, that's Palace, isn't it? Yeah, Andy Carroll must have yeah. scored an FA Cup final. I, I, I did Pogba. Was my guess. Oh, I know Pogba scored. I think as he, I think he scored more than two international goals. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think he scored an FA Cup final. Andy Carroll. I would have. I definitely would have gone with Diego Costa. Two more. So I got this one right as well. Mm. I've played under Jose Mourinho. I've played for Real Madrid, and I've never been sent off. Mesut Ozil. Mesut Yeah. Marcus Alonso. Fabinho or Juan Mata? It's Fabinho. Yeah, it is that one. That was quite an easy one. To yeah. Easiest of a lot, I reckon. Yeah. Okay, so next one, last one, final one. Yeah. I so what am I on now? Three, uh, three out of five, is it? Three out of five, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was three out of five. Can I get can I get bonus points for not even having the four on the Rodrigo one? <laughs> no, you've you surely got two. that's a bonus. You've only got point. two. You got two out of four. What do you mean? You got a Galo wrong, got... and you got Andy Carroll wrong. Yeah, I got the second, the first two right. Oh yeah, five. Yes, yeah, so I've got my three wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so can I get a bonus five. point for the Rodrigo one? No, you can't. surely. No. What do you mean? Um, okay. okay, last one then. Yeah, I've made over a hundred appearances for my country. Mm. I was signed by my current club on a free transfer. And I've reached only one Champions League final. Can I ever go before? Yeah. Hmm. 
Over a hundred appearances. Because when I when I give you the four, it makes it harder. It does make it harder. Okay, I've got two in my head. So if if the two of them are in the four, then you can tell me the four and I still have to guess between the two, if that makes sense. Okay. I've got it might not be either of these. I don't it's the country appearances thing that maybe might be the downfall on this. Um Oh no, one of them I don't think has reached a Champions League final. I'll just say it anyway. I think I, in my head I'm thinking Willian or Thiago Silva. Okay. Neither of them. Oh, wow, okay. Last hand. Diego Godin, Arturo Vidal or Robert Lewandowski. Horrible, that. Okay. It? Signed for my current club on a free transfer. So, Godin free transfer to Cagliari, recent. Is it Cagliari? Genoa. Can't remember. Might not even be either of them. Vidal, one million he cost, so not a free transfer. Who was the fourth one? Zlatan and Lewandowski. Both free transfers. Hmm. Over 100 and reached one Champions League final. Just say the names to me again, sorry. I keep forgetting. We've got Lewandowski. Yeah. Godin. Arturo Vidal. And Lewandowski. What? You said Lewandowski twice then? No, Zlatan. Godin. Oh, right, okay. Vidal, Lewandowski. Okay. Godin, I think, has reached two Champions League finals. I swear Atletico reached two Champions League finals in three seasons and lost them both. Um... Lewandowski's he's won the Champions League, won the uh, yeah the Champions League at Bayern, and he also lost it at Dortmund. So he's definitely been at two Champions League finals. Vidal hasn't been at one with Barca. He was at one with Juventus, definitely, and it might have been the same thing because they reached the final two season two times in three seasons and lost to Barca and Madrid both times. So that leaves me with Zlatan. One Champions League final, Zlatan. Yeah, I'm going to go Zlatan. That's who I went for as well. It's Lewandowski. He was injured for the the other final. No, yeah. <laughs> that's such a that's such a horrible question. Yeah, he was injured in, injured for the Dortmund one. No way. Yeah. So eleven. I went. I went uh, Zlatan as well for that one. I thought surely. But I, I kept in my head. I was thinking Zlatan kept leaving just before they just went, before. Yeah, yeah. he, he should have won about six, yeah. shouldn't he? But. Yeah, yeah, and then I'm thinking, was the Champions League was it with Ajax? Was he that far back? Surely not. No, no, he's not that far back. Um, Yeah, so uh, Robert Lewandowski. I'm disappointed in the end then because what's that three for seven? And I started off three for six. Fifty fifty percent hit rate's pretty good. So what did I get? I I still think I should get a bonus point. I'm sorry, I'm (laughs) I'm appealing to the. Yeah, I got I got two (laughs) out of six. I got two out of six. You got three out of six. So that's uh, that's my. uh, I feel like we should. I feel like we should make that like a, a weekly or bi-weekly thing yeah. where we then keep up the total score, always make it out of six, keep a total score on a spreadsheet. And then just like when we get like Joe Rogan and have like 1,500 episodes, yeah. <laughs> we just have like, I'm on a million, you know, whatever. It's just there forever. Well, I'm still on two points at that point. So my, fo- yeah. my football knowledge <laughs> and stuff like that is terrible. I'm good at the Wikipedia one, but I'm terrible at ones like that. Awful. Mm. Love the Wikipedia one. I know that was that was good. I enjoyed that. That's yeah. another segment we can add in. Then the Who Am I, uh, and we can have the underrated, overrated every now and again as well. Good. Uh, okay, so I think that wraps up the uh, the podcast for today. 
Um, thanks very much for listening if you are still listening hopefully we'll have this one out uh, quite quickly uh, and you'll be able to listen uh, relatively quickly after it's been recorded so it's still relevant Uh, we still will be releasing some clips and stuff from our old podcast that we recorded so uh, yeah it might be a little bit out of date but they're all good discussions so uh, have a look on the socials and uh, and follow us on everything that you can I'm not going to add in the stupid thing of me saying the absolute football podcast about 10 times this time (laughs) just search the absolute football podcast it's not that hard you can find us on on literally anything just google it everything comes up at once Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram just find us get in touch uh, we didn't proof. have any listener questions this week so uh, yeah idiot proof yeah uh, get in touch uh, give us some questions uh, that you want us to answer uh, lewis obviously the episode was only released yesterday so lewis didn't have a chance to to listen and actually uh, have a response to you so maybe we'll not, do that not next committed time. enough lewis not committed enough uh, exactly yeah haven't got two hours in your day to listen to pure on a sunday gold. on a sunday as well <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah no thanks very much for listening uh, we'll be back next week when maybe the transfer window would have closed potentially uh, or be sort of very close to closing um, so yeah uh, listen in next time we'll be doing our predictions for the Premier League table and the season ahead uh, and obviously just discussing football stories from around the world in general uh, so tune in next week speak to you soon and take care <laughs>